Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I wanna thank you for joining us today. I wanna thank you for sharing your friends and family. We have well over 50 episodes, so I'm really, really excited to come today and we're definitely talking about money. Here's the reality. We've seen wildfires in California. We're still seeing that. It's November. On top of that, you have the Nor'easters. You have hurricane season coming. We're going to be talking about with the West Coast expert on extreme wildfires on these issues. Many homeowners in at-risk areas are worrying about how they can rebuild their lives if disaster strikes and whether insurance will provide enough funds for the repairs. As we cover the wildfires, as we cover the nor'easters, as we cover the rains and all that, we have Steve Severate from the Greenspan Company Adjusters International who acts as advocates for insurance following disaster situations and have handled hundreds of wildfires and many other disasters. They're here to discuss the pitfalls and filing a claim, what new insurance regulations mean to homeowners, how can you best prepare yourself for dealing with insurance claims. Folks, this is gonna save or make you a ton of money. Today, I'm also gonna be talking about money moves to keep you out of the poorhouse in retirement. And here's a biggie, if you're still in the work world or you're working with a charity or anything else, how would you like to learn how to speak persuasively to coworkers, your boss, executive team, the potential new clients or group whom you want them to utilize your service. If you don't speak well and persuasively, you might not get that promotion. You might not get that client or get the project through the planning committee. Don't worry, we have master speaker, trainer, international speaker, and author, R.V. Robinson, teaching how to become a speaker superstar in her industry. She's got this podcast called The Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. It's a wonderful show. I want to thank you all for being here. Right up next, we're going to be introducing to R.V. Robinson. R.V. Robinson teaches business owners how to use public speaking to the market themselves so they can generate unlimited leads, attract more clients, grow their business fast. As a public speaker and seminar training company, RV believes that every person has a unique message to share that only they can share to people that can only hear it from them. The message will end up in someone suffering, change someone's life, save a business, or saving someone's soul. This is how important public speaking is. If you have the fear of public speaking, RV can help you eliminate forever. Also, RV teaches you how to write a speech using our 10-step speaker system. On stage with confidence, look like a pro. Nowadays, you have to be able to speak virtually. And that's super important too. RV, again, welcome to the show. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. What I like to do is not everybody just jumps into becoming a public speaking coach. So how did all that get started for you? 
Well, great. Well, thank you for asking me because, Steve, I didn't plan on being a coach. It wasn't something that when I grew up, I said, I'm going to be a public speaking coach. It happened by accident. My degree is in information systems. I'm half geek. And I went to work at a college for a company by the name of Deloitte Haskins and Sales, now Deloitte, one of the big CPA firms. And but I wasn't a CPA. My job was to set up financial accounting systems on microcomputers. We just got microcomputers in and teach bookkeepers and controllers how to automate their accounting because up until then they were using manual accounting systems. So it was a revolutionary time. And my boss came to me one day and said, RV, I want you to get out there and start speaking and tell people that we're offering this brand new service. And I thought to myself, hot piece of cake. I took one speech class in college. I knew everything there was to know about public speaking or so I thought at the time, but I didn't land any clients. I didn't get any, any projects, nothing. And I knew that I better do something fast because I could lose this job. But I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I just was going out there and speaking and had no clue. And so one day this woman comes up to me after one of my talks and she said, honey, I hate to tell you this. And I'm like thinking, oh, don't, right? The shoe's going to drop. But I said, well, what is it? And she said, honey, do you know that after every sentence you say, okay, and I just, my jaw dropped and the only thing I could think of saying back to her was, okay, but I got it, Steve, in that moment that I was the problem. That just because I could flap my jaw didn't make me a public speaker, that I needed to respect this thing called public speaking. So I decided in that moment that I was going to get trained, not only trained, but I was going to master it. I took classes, anything with public speaking or communication in the title I took, and I hired a coach and I read books. I did everything I could. And then the most amazing thing happened. The better I got, the better my clients got and the more clients I got. And then my colleagues wanted to know what I was doing. I started teaching them. Then the big boss wanted me to teach these group communication skills to other consultants. And so that's where public speaking was born, was in corporate America for me. And then I used it throughout my 23-year career, not only to get clients, but for upward mobility within my own firm. It was great. And so then once after 23 years, I was at the highest I could go without being a CPA. And that was a senior manager. And by then the industry was so full of consultants. It just wasn't any fun anymore. I wasn't trailblazing anymore. So I decided it was time to make a change, but I didn't know what kind of change to make. So I prayed about it and God said, public speaking. So 17 years ago, I left corporate America, started my own business. And I, since that time, I've trained over 5,000 business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, you name it, and given over 3,500 speeches all over the world. And I don't say it to impress anybody, but to impress upon everyone that you can do it, that this too can be a lifestyle if you choose, but you too can use speaking to change the world, save lives and make a difference. I just thought of something funny. And it's yeah. so funny because I have a son, he's a senior, he's top of his class of electrical engineering. His worst class was public speaking. He got a B, he was so happy, thankfully got a B, but he just says, you know what? All these other people look like they're on TED Talks, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and, and all my, you know, engineering friends, they're, they're afraid of standing up in front of people and talking. But the reality is, they're probably could be better at it because they already have a process just like you and IT, because once you learn the process, you're golden. Amen. That's it. And, and when I got out 
uh, of corporate America and into the public speaking arena, I looked for systems and processes already there. Why recreate the wheel? Well, there wasn't any. The closest that I found to one, Steve, was have a beginning, middle, and end. But no one would tell you what to put in the beginning, middle, and end. So I came along and I'm telling you exactly what steps to create a persuasive presentation that will get you business and change lives and get people, you know, if you're just trying to get people to think like you do, vote like you do, whatever it might be, um, the system will do it. I want to help listeners understand the process by how you would go about coaching somebody to speak well in public. Okay. First of all, I would introduce them to my system. And before we do my speaker system, which is the signature talk, that's the talk that you just give over and over and over to get business. But first of all, I would teach you how to do your core message, which is also another formula that I put together. The core message is what some people call the elevator speech, but I call it the core message because it's the essence of what you do. And from there, it's like your heart. And from there, everything else comes. Your professional story, the title of your talk, everything stems out of that core message. So once we've got that, we're at the very heart of what it is you do for clients. Then we start in the formula and or the system for developing actual speech, putting it together step by step. Okay. When somebody is writing a speech, even it takes me a long time to write a speech if I'm doing something different. And quite frankly, when I started the first interview I did on TV, the comment that I got is they look like a cheerleader because I was always using my hands. (laughs) Uh, But they said it was passionate, so it was good. (laughs) How does somebody get used to a room and get comfortable being on stage? Practice, 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 training, training, training. So first of all, get trained because a lot of people will step on stage, especially business owners, because business owners don't look at themselves as speakers. So they think that they can just get away with murder and you can't because if you step on stage when you're A, not trained, B, not practiced, C, not prepared, then you're going to lose business. It's going to have the opposite effect. So you want to make sure and reputation and future opportunities. So it's too costly to go out there without being trained, rehearsed, and of course, uh, well-prepared. Once you learn, once you've been trained, then I recommend that you practice one hour for every two minutes of presentation. So that means if you're going to do a 30-minute speech, Steve, you need to practice 15 hours. That's what makes you good. That's what actually makes you go from good to great. That's what helps you to always know your speech. You become the script so that nothing will throw you off. You won't forget what you're going to say, which is always a fear. And you'll have that kind of confidence to deliver not only a great speech for yourself, but really for your audience, because that's what they deserve. And when I talk about practicing, I'm talking about practicing it out loud, not Mm -hmm. reading it not writing out your speech. I am against writing out your presentation because then you become a prisoner of your own eloquent words. So don't outline only (laughs) only, and then just say it so many times out loud that you will become it. It's like that song, Steve, when we're in the car and we're listening to that popular song on the radio. And before we know it, we're driving around singing it. And it was like, we never set out to learn all the words, but we know all the words. 
That's what happens to our brain when we hear something over and over and over. So I recommend you speak it out loud, walk around your office, walk around the park, walk around wherever you need to. Okay, Don't... I'm gonna hold you right there because we have to take a break. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with more RB Robinson. This is so wonderful. If you're driving your car, going to work, you need to hear this stuff. So stick with us, we'll be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome back. We're gonna have some more with RV Robinson. I truly appreciate you letting your friends, family, and associates know about our show. All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information inside on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to your YouTube channel so you never miss a show. Check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, New York City, as well as E360 TV, Las Vegas TV Network. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, live a life of personal and financial freedom. Hey, you can also follow us on Facebook, join the Saving with Steve Sexton Insiders Club, savingwithsteve.us and get all our replays, exclusive access to our after the show videos, guest gifts, and see all the behind the scenes. We're back here with RV Robinson. We were talking about, this is a, like a muscle. And you were just talking about practicing it and practicing it and practicing it. But it's like working out. I thought to myself, you know, I've written many speeches and all that kind of stuff, but it was really interesting that when I started thinking about how much time I actually spent going through it, it was a lot more than 15 hours. <laughs> and, right. and it's one of those things where, and I'm not saying this is everybody, people have told me that that was outstanding when I've been completely prepared, but had some sort of thing happen just before, like horrible day, the whole shot, and you're rushing and grinding through your day. And all of a sudden you're there, you've got four minutes before you walk on stage. <laughs> and for some reason, that's the best other. And sometimes for me, that's the most authentic. Things go very, very well. And people are like, oh my God, I couldn't believe you just did that. You know, I'm curious, do you have a pre-speech routine? Yes, 
Yes, I do have a pre-speech routine, and I recommend that everyone create their own. This is mine. I'm not recommending that this is for you, but I've been on stage with a lot of speakers, and I've seen their pre-speech routine also, and I can share that with you. But my personal one is a mantra where I do two things. First, before the mantra, before I step on stage, I do one thing. I pray about it, and I say, God, give me a shot of the Holy Spirit. That's all. Give me a shot of the Holy Spirit. It's like a shot of energy, right? It's better than Jolt Cola. Is that a Red Bull? I don't know. Is that a Red Better than Red Bull, right? So, <laughs> the Holy, Holy Spirit. And then before I step on stage, I say, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. Now, I don't say it out of ego. I say it because my audience deserves the best. And so does your audience. Every time you step on there. I know things happen. Like you said, something happened and you're like all jittered or whatever. Whatever. that's going to happen once in a while. But for the most part, we can control what happens to us. In other words, if I have a speech, I make sure that I have a light morning that I can just, you know, get up at ease and get ready at ease. And I'm not rushed and frazzled. I don't try to cram so much stuff in my schedule. Like today, Steve, I have three speaking engagements. You're one of them. And I have two more. And so I created my day so that I can come into those full on, full energy, full attention, playing my A game. So if you can plan your day like that around your speaking engagements, then you'll be less frazzled and there won't be time for these other things to kind of come in and bother you and get you off because life works that way. It's going to try to knock you off your feet. So again, a mantra of some kind that gets you propelled into speaking. Now, I've seen a couple other speakers that what they do, they pace. That gets them going. They pace before they go. And some of them, you know, pray or whatever. But whatever propels you, and it's going to be different for everybody. That's what you want to do. But self-talk is so important. Do not step on stage or even close to the stage and tell yourself you're nervous or you're not prepared or you're not ready. You need to get ready because that audience deserves the best from you. I totally agree with that. It's funny. My little mantra is I actually... um, uh, like to get there about 45 minutes early if it's a 30 minute talk. And I like to walk around the stage, look out the stage yes. and say hello, like my little sound check. And then I go off in my corner and do my speech, not to myself, but out loud to the wall. And um, and I, I practice everything from my hand gestures to my jokes. Try not to laugh at myself, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> everybody has a process. I thought that's really cool. One of the biggest things that's happening right now because of the pandemic is speaking virtually. And it's a entirely different environment because people can look at the TV, their cell phone, they can go all different directions. And there's a process to that. What are some of the tips that you could help some of our listeners when they're dealing with that? Glad you brought it up because it's so different. First of all, and I'm going to get to how to keep your audience engaged as well. But first of all, just know as a speaker, you're in control of everything now. See, when we would go in the live room, we would maybe speak in a, who knows, speak on a stage or maybe in a restaurant. We had no control. We had no control over the sound, no control over the environment, no control over the crowd or anything really, just only our message. But in this environment, we're in charge of everything. So it's very important to make sure you have lights. I've seen so many speakers present in the dark. If it is going to be on some video, you have to make sure you have a professional microphone so that people can hear you and it resonates with you. That's something that in the live world, we didn't have to worry about. 
unless it was a big crowd and it was always provided for us. Same mm-hmm. with the PowerPoint or the computer. It was provided for us. Now, guess what? If you're going to use PowerPoint, video or anything else during your presentation, you better make sure you have a strong internet because there's nothing more frustrating um, to the audience than for you to be frozen in, in mid-sentence. So number one, we're in charge of everything. And just know that if you're going to speak in this environment, you need to invest in some possibly some new equipment. Number two, to keep your audience engaged, because yes, we are so competing with emails and people that have two screens and they're half listening to us and half not. You have to bring on your A game every single time. You have to, and what I do to help me is I stand up. So I have a stand up desk because if I spoke on a live stage, I would be standing up. That's going to help you to have that kind of energy. You need to make sure you're well-practiced and you're well-rehearsed. Do not read the screen. We can see you reading <laughs> the screen, right? Or a teleprompter. Be a professional speaker and know your material and just think of your audience. Audience. See, when you know your material, then you are free and you can get in that zone and that zone will take you all the way through that screen. That's what I call speaking out of the box. When you're in the box, you actually reach people through the screen and pull them in to be with you. And they don't want to do anything except to be with you. So that's one of the tricks. You've just got to really imagine yourself going through that computer screen, reaching somebody's not their neck, but reaching out to them and touching them and touching their heart. What I'd like you to do is comment on PowerPoint, because I've been in a few presentations where, quite frankly, it was death by PowerPoint. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was, woo, I was. <laughs> oh, yes. Let me share that. So PowerPoint, like everything else, has changed. And when you're in, in a live room for 30 minute speech, I tell people, my all my students, do not use PowerPoint. That is the kiss of death. But guess what? In this environment, I do accept it and train it. But here's the the key. It has to be pictures. Nobody wants to see words on your PowerPoint. I don't care how eloquent you are. So stay away from words and let pictures do the talking. Videos are really powerful to open hearts in this environment. And then what I would recommend is a hybrid so that it's not all PowerPoint. So start out, Steve, where you're starting out with just you and you have the the host spotlight you. So you're bigger than life. So no one, you know, can mistake you in a room of a hundred people. And then you share, you do your thank yous, you do your attention grabbers, you do your professional story, you build rapport with your audience. Then when you get to the meat portion, and I teach my systems kind of like a sandwich where the Mm -hmm. top piece is rapport, the bottom piece is clothes, and the middle is the meat or your educational pieces. That is on PowerPoint. So you switch over, right? You're you're like this. And then you just go, let me share my screen. By then, if you bumble or fumble with your PowerPoint, nobody cares because you've already built rapport. You've already given them great value. They already feel like they know you. So you can bumble and mumble. I mean, there's nothing worse than a speaker going, and here's the RV. And then I'm going, duh, 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 I can't, I've been in, we've been on Zoom for a year and I still don't know what I'm doing. No, yeah, right. <laughs> report first and then you can mumble and fumble your way into the content and then boom give them the content then at the end before you're ready for your clothes you 
get out of it again, show your face, make sure everybody's good, look around, whatever. And if you're going to have questions, that's a good time to have them. If not, you go right into your clothes. Hopefully your clothes is one that you don't need a PowerPoint. Now, Mm -hmm. I would like to talk about clothes because it's so different in this environment. And after a year, I feel like I've got it down. So it used to be on the live stage, collect business cards, do a raffle. We would collect 100% of the business cards. That's not going to happen in the virtual world. I've tested it. You're lucky to get 25% doing a giveaway. So you can do still do a giveaway. You can uh, put in your link for a strategy session. You only you get two or three leads where in the old on the live stage you would get five. So it's about. or less of the kind of response. If you're selling on this stage in this environment, let me give you the trick and the secret sauce for that. This is what I've experienced and what I've done. I just did a one-day event and I closed 40% of the room, right? One of my... um, I taught this uh, secret sauce to one of my students who's brand new. She's in my mastermind and she did her very first webinar and she only she got 10 people there and she sold 60 percent of the room. That's unheard of when it's your very first webinar. And that's great. So this I know this works. That's proof. So here's the secret sauce. Make sure you do add bonuses, but not too many. The more bonuses you add, the less attractive it is because people are overwhelmed and they go, oh, God, I'll never watch all those videos. I'll never do that. And again, I had to try this the hard way, right? It cost me money trying what I'm giving you for free here. And that is so just a a couple little bonuses that people can easily watch if it's a video or go and get. And then you have the big price of whatever it is and you want to drop it like three fourths of the price. And dropping prices isn't new, but I'm talking about being real and real value. So I have a $4,000 speaker training, which I've had for years. And that's what it is. It's four day, $4,000. In the pandemic, nobody's going to spend four days with me. So I dropped it to a weekend. Create your speech in a weekend. And you'd think I'd drop it half price. I dropped it down to $9.97. And people buy it like crazy. And how can I do that? Because I cut out two days. I cut out the 90-minute lunches, you know, and, yep. I, and I can do it for that. I'm sitting in my home. I'm with my husband and my dogs. So I can afford to take less and give more. So think about that. Drop it three-fourths and people will buy until the cows come home. That's wonderful. Arby, I need you to start telling people how they can connect with you, where they can go to uh, watch and see your Million Dollar Speaker podcast, the whole shot. My Million Dollar Speaker podcast is on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, all of the popular uh, and unpopular (laughs) podcasts. So you could go and see them anywhere. To get a hold of me, you could just email me. And that's R-V-A-R-V-E-E at RVRobinson.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm everywhere. Again, it's R-V-A-R-V-E-E, Robinson.com. I'd love to hear from you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, take your life to a new level, whether it be business, personal, public, just learn to be a good speaker. It'll make all the difference in the world. And since this money, this shows about the ins and outs of money, 
this could make a big difference in the ins and outs of your money. So RV, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for being thank here. You. I hope you have a wonderful week and stay safe and healthy. Okay. Thank you. You do. Bye, Steve. Bye. That was RV Robinson. She's an international speaking trainer. And if you want to make your life a little bit better because you learn how to speak the right way so you can get more clients, that promotion and so on, you want to go check out RV Robinson. I think that was wonderful, helpful hints, especially that, that close. Never even thought of that. Stick with us. We'll be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back. Wasn't RV Robinson just wonderful? The better speaker you could become, the easier it is for you to communicate, obtain a new client, all sorts of things. Take the moment, check out RV. I think she can make a difference in life. At minimum, go see her podcast. Now, let's talk about money moves to keep you out of the poorhouse in retirement. The biggest mistake you'll ever make in your financial life are the mistakes you, quite frankly, don't even know you're making. Problem is, most people don't know what they don't know. And as a result, a lot of times they're making a mistake because they don't have enough information to make a good decision. Everybody hopes after decades of hard work, They'll retire with enough money to spend decades more enjoying the fruits of their labor. The reality is the average American is nowhere near ready. Their savings won't last a decade. In fact, they'll probably only last about three years. Research shows by Transamerica for retirement studies found the median savings in this country is just about $144,000. That might sound like a healthy amount of money, but if you're over 65 or older and spending $46,000 a year, that ain't going to last too long. Okay, so it's important to take a hard look at your finances. If you haven't already, it's time to take a deep dive through your budget. Look at things that you're spending. Some of those things might not even worth spending or you're spending on apps and other things that you don't even use. Trim the fat, cut back on unnecessary spending and allocate more to your retirement savings. If you own a home and are planning to stay through retirement, come up with a plan to ensure that your mortgage is fully paid off before you retire. If you're not sure how, there's many ways you can look at refinancing your mortgage to 15 years or 10 years or whatever. The key is to get out of those debts, out of the loans, so you can have a fruit for retirement. You might want to consider downsizing your home. You may have plenty of sentimental reasons that you want to stay in your current home. In fact, my folks are 85 and they ain't moving. But if it's now the place where you need it, but you don't need all the space, consider maybe renting out a room or you might want to consider selling now, especially since prices are high. 
not waiting until you have to sell the house. Because if you invest the profits now, you will accrue more interest than if you wait another 10 or 15 years. One of my clients, well, actually many of my clients have done this, but just one. They ran a small business over here. They were grinding it out. They didn't have a ton of retirement savings. They were also paying a large mortgage here in California. They found a wonderful location in Tennessee. They actually sold their house in California, took the cash proceeds, paid off the house, remodeled it, okay, bought the new house cash, remodeled it to the way they wanted, and have moved. Here's the big thing. They no longer pay California property taxes, health insurance rates, electric rates. They no longer have a mortgage. So the swing was significant on their budget. And the reality is they're still running their small business in Tennessee. But you know what? If they retired today, they'd have enough money to cover all their expenses, including a little bit of travel, just based off their social security. One thing can make a big difference, but understanding what you're getting into makes a big difference as well. Next thing, think about beefing up your emergency fund. Financial experts typically recommend you have an emergency fund of at least three to six months worth of living expenses. You know, the reality is you probably want a little bit more, maybe a couple years. Why? Markets go down. What if we have another 2008 and your portfolio goes down 30%? So think about this. You have a million dollars. You're taking out 5%. That's $50,000 a year. Your portfolio goes down to 700,000. Instead of taking 5%, you're taking almost 8 or 9% out. If the market isn't growing at 8 or 9%, your portfolio drains down further, making it harder to recover. And it may take even longer. In fact, after 2008, there's probably a still a few people are still working to try and make up for the losses that they had from the risk there. Now, this is very significant because if the market goes down a couple of years before you retire or a couple of years after, hey, you could be reeling from that. So think of ways to bolster up your emergency fund to a couple of years to cover in case you have the market downturn. Consider investing in a Roth IRA. Taxes will be one of the biggest drains on your retirement funds moving forward in the future. And it might even be higher than it is right now. But by looking at ways to convert money or fund a Roth IRA, you can be in a position where you diversify your tax allocation. What that really means is if you're taking money from Social Security and paying tax on that, that's reduced because at most it can get taxed 85%. If you're taking money from a Roth IRA, it's tax-free, which is a wonderful place to be. And if you're taking money from other investments, say stocks that are 15%, you have a lower tax rate. And I have a client that we helped because of a Roth IRA. They are making about $84,000 a year. They are in a whole higher than a 12% tax bracket. Their taxes, they had interest income investments that they were generating. And what we did is we moved some of the interest income investments to a tax deferred structure which means they didn't have to pay any taxes until they took out the money, which was great. Then we had them start taking money from their Roth IRA. And you know what? They ended up paying taxes only on their Social Security. But here's the interesting thing. They went from paying $4,150 or so a year in taxes. And because they don't pay any taxes on the Roth IRA, and because we moved them into a 12% tax bracket, all the proceeds they're receiving from dividends and capital gains were no longer taxable which meant the only taxes that they were paying was on their social security. And after you subtracted the standard deductions, 
they went to paying $16 a year. So they went from $4,150 to $16 a year by utilizing a Roth IRA and understanding the tax code. You can too. Now, the next thing is you want to update your investment portfolio. Many people, they buy it, they let it sit there, they look for the long term. Hey, this is great if you have hundreds of millions of dollars, but it doesn't work if you don't have tremendous amounts of money. Why? Because the market changes. Market sectors run out of favor. We saw that during the last 18 months. So you're going to see that again. You're going to see market downturns. So it's important to understand the risks that you're taking on and make sure your portfolio is allocated properly. You might want to consider looking at reducing the risk in your portfolio by utilizing bonds, annuities, things like that, that are principally protected because they can make a difference in your life. The moral of the story is this, folks. I said it once and I'm saying it again. The biggest mistake you ever make in your financial life are the mistakes you don't even know that you're making. The reality is a lot of people don't know what they don't know, and that creates problems, especially in their financial life. So make sure you speak with a financial advisor to help you put a plan in place so you don't make poor decisions in retirement and have to change your dreams or your lifestyle when you can't go back to work. With that, stick with us. We're going to be right back with more Saving with Steve. We have Steve Severade with Adjusters International to help us or help you manage through those wildfires, any other disasters that might be happening at your home. So stick with us. We'll be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything under the sun it relates to you having a happier, healthy relationship with money. You know what? As we've seen over the last six, seven months, we've seen wildfires. We've seen floods. We've seen torrential rains. We've seen a Northeaster. We're going to probably see some hurricanes here. That's the reason why I have Steve Severate on the show right now. He's an expert with Greenspan Company, Adjusters International. He's going to help you avoid some of the biggest pitfalls in filing claims or property losses. What the insurance regulations means for homes. How can you get best prepared for these things? Steve's worked with more than 30 years as a professional public adjuster. These people know what you can do and what you can't do. You want to make sure you listen to what we have because it'll save and make you a bunch of money. You want to stick around for this one. I would like to introduce you to Steve Severin. Steve, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you know what? Um, you know what? Help. Um, I think 
people would like to start out with, you know, besides knowing that you have a great tenure, wonderful background and experience, it's what is a public adjuster? Because you're a public adjuster for Greenspan Company uh, International Adjusters. I got that right? Adjusters International. You're Adjusters close. International. Ah, I got started on the wrong thing <laughs> here. Sorry about that. But what's a public adjuster? And how can they help, you know, people, you know, homeowners save money if they have a claim? Yeah, a lot of people have never heard of a public adjuster, but a public adjuster is somebody that's licensed by various state Department of Insurance to represent the policyholder, never the insurance company. So just as you have an insurance company that brings out an adjuster, either an employee of the insurance company, or they hire what's called an independent adjuster, which doesn't make them independent at all, actually, because they report to the insurance company and, and work for the insurance company. People have the opportunity to balance the scales with the insurance company, all their experts, by bringing in their own expert, a public adjuster, who advocates for their interest exclusively in preparing, presenting, and ultimately negotiating the claim to get the best benefit from the insurance policy they purchased. Now, okay, so um, let's you know, let's just talk about some of the pitfalls. Um, that people have nowadays, especially when they're looking at, well, let's just go through the, I'll tell you what, I know somebody that we talked to earlier in the week, uh, talked about early in the week that had been with their carrier for 35 years to lo and behold, find out for three reasons, the claim that they had was just not covered. And you know what? She thought that, hey, I have this coverage. It's good. There's no issues. I just didn't think about it and kept paying it. So why should people who have had a policy for 20, 30 years be concerned about the type of policy that they have, or more importantly, what's in that policy? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Steve. You know, the, there's certain events, and I think we talked about that situation was a little bit unique and the damage, but uh, one of the problems people have is they buy their insurance policy 20 or 30 years ago, and they don't do regular checkups. The insurance policy has a an item in it that raises the limit just a little bit each year. Uh, but that often doesn't keep up with inflation, especially in today's market with all the inflated costs of construction materials and the lack of labor. But even before that happened, these policies that people have for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, oftentimes aren't representative of what true rebuilding costs would be should they ever have a fire or suffer some kind of tragic loss. And so it's, it's really important that you do a, a more current evaluation. Don't just rely on on the fact that you've had this policy all this time, because you might not be covered nearly as well as you think you are. So let, let me let me make that real simple for, for people who are listening. So let's say you have a house that's 30 years old, you're in a wildfire and the house burns down and it needs to be replaced, okay? They have to replace that house using the current building codes, as opposed to using a two by four, they have to use a four by four. As opposed to using six gauge wire, they have to use eight gauge wire. They can no longer, they can't use uh, galvanized pipe, they have to use copper pipe. Now, when we're talking about lumber, what lumber is what, 300 times more expensive than it was last year? Yeah, it's about and, 300% higher. Yeah, so when you, when you look at that and you say, hey, you know what, it's gonna cost $200,000 to replace my house, but if they're framing that house, it might cost $100,000 just for the lumber for that house. Meaning if you only have $200,000 of coverage, you might have to write a check for an extra couple hundred thousand dollars to make sure your house gets built. Is that correct? Yeah, you've actually touched on a couple of things there, Steve. Uh, first of all is making sure that you have the proper amount of insurance for rebuild costs you write. And those rebuild costs have escalated. And 
And there's often a provision in the policy that gives some extended coverage beyond the policy limit, but it's only a certain percentage. So you can't really rely on, on that as your, as your buffer or your cushion. The other thing you brought up was changing the building materials because of the latest building ordinance or law. And that's really a separate part of the policy. The standard policy doesn't give you any coverage for that. So oftentimes there'll be some coverage, but sometimes it's limited to 10% of the policy or some other limitation. So if you're in an older home, especially, uh, and you're in a wildfire zone, you really want to look and see uh, what that could look like for you. And you might want to increase your coverage and make sure you have enough coverage for those changes in the building codes, because otherwise you could be on the hook for those differences in between what you had and what you're now forced to build with. Now, you know what, you've, you've dealt with um, um, earthquakes and you know what, the state of California has the California Earthquake Association. And even, you know what, a lot of people will purchase that policy thinking that they have it completely covered. And you know what, is that necessarily true? No, well, it's gotten better though, Steve. I'll tell you right after the uh, LA uh, earthquake, the Northridge earthquake, uh, earthquake coverage became almost impossible to get. Uh, they came up with this California earthquake authority. The coverages were really bad. The deductibles were really high. That market has loosened because we haven't had a major earthquake event. So it is more affordable and the coverages are getting better. Uh, but those coverages certainly are not as complete and, and don't cover you nearly as well as your typical fire policy covers you. So you've got to realize when you're buying earthquake insurance that you're still, you're still going to have some skin in the game should something bad happen to your property. So it's just, it's just one of those things where the earthquake coverage doesn't cover everything you think it is. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is, you know what, um, people should understand what's in the policy Okay, not from a technical level, but more like what exactly does it cover? Like, for example, your pipe bursts, they're not going to fix the pipe. They're going to fix the things around the pipe. Is that correct? Well, the, good, the good news there, Steve, is that the pipe is the cheapest thing to fix. If they got to tear apart your whole house to get to the pipe, they'll pay for that. They just won't pay for that one piece of pipe. But you are correct. They don't pay for the pipe. They pay for all the damage it caused and, and the damage you caused to get to the pipe to fix it. What I need to do is I need to take a quick little break. Stick with us. We're going to be right back with more from Steve Severide, public adjuster here with Greenspan Company, Adjusters International. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. 
Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're talking with Steve Severade, public adjuster with Greenspan Adjusters International. Hey, before we jump back in, uh, I want to truly thank you for tuning in and letting your friends and family and associates know about the show. All the replays are available at www.savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information inside on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our Spotify or Apple channel so you never miss a show. Check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio in New York City, E360 TV, Las Vegas TV Networks, All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, and live a life of financial and personal freedom. Also, you can follow us on Facebook. Join us uh, at the Saving with Steve Sexton Insider Club to get replays, guest gifts, behind the scenes, the whole shot. Now, we're back here talking with Steve Severy. Now, we're talking about wildflowers. What should people be doing now to get prepared I mean, looking at their policy to get prepared if they're, you know, they're dealing with a wildfire or even a business owner that could get hit by a natural disaster, vandalism, a tsunami or whatever the case may be. Well, it's a good question, Stephen. The first thing I tell you is, is you don't want to wait until after an event to get your policy or ask your agent for a copy of your policy to look through it because you can't change anything at that point. It's what's done is done. And, and what you have to work with is what you bought before the disaster struck. So really important to get that off, have a conversation with your agent or your broker and talk about what today's values are and see if you need to adjust any of those things. Make sure that you know what you're covered for. And if you choose to not cover for certain things, well, make that a a, a decision that you've made rather than one that's by default. And the second thing I would encourage everybody to do is go through your home or through your business and take a videotape, open up the drawers in the kitchen, do a quick video, go in the closets, just do a quick video of everything And then make sure that you secure that video to the cloud. Don't keep it in your house because if it burns down, you will lose the evidence of that. But that's really valuable when you need to recreate. If your home burns to the ground and there's nothing but ashes left and you're now stuck to recreate everything that was in your home down to pencils and paper clips and how many shoes you had and socks and all that stuff. It's a really huge job. It's part of what we do at Greenspan. We have inventory specialists to help prepare that. But I can tell you it makes our job a whole lot easier if somebody's got good uh, documentation. And that can be a simple video, take you five, five, 10 minutes through your home. And it's such a good foundation for developing an insurance claim should that ever happen to you. I used to work for the Automobile Club uh, as an executive. And I talked to many people uh, when there was a, uh, a fire. And you know what? It's really hard for an insurance company to replace a couch they've never seen. So if you have that nice leather couch that you spend ten dollars or $20,000 on, it's really hard for an insurance company to replace that. But if you have a video of it, it makes all the difference in the world. So I encourage that. In fact, we've done that. All insurance companies are not created equal. There's new companies come to the market. they are technology companies. You know what? Should cost be a primary driver of who gets your insurance, who you place your insurance with? You know, it's a funny thing. A lot of people buy insurance for their home because they they have to, because they have a lender and the lender requires them to have insurance. And they look at it more as just something that they have to buy. They don't have a choice. They want to get the cheapest product they can to make the lender happy. And that's really not the right way to do it. And I can tell you that anybody who's actually had a loss doesn't buy insurance based on that theory because they've actually used it, put it into practice, recognize how important it is. 
So there's some new online type tech companies coming into the market where they're not really doing a great analysis and they're sent, selling you a product that doesn't have nearly as much uh, inside the policy. And as a, as a consumer, you don't really know one policy from another, but I can tell you that more comprehensive policies with higher sublimits and bigger coverages and, and cover you for more types of losses is really important and valuable because you don't know what might happen to you. So to buy something online without really knowing or some big box stores are now getting in the insurance business and selling insurance, it's all about the price. And that's, that's really not the right way to be protected for a little bit more money. You can get a lot better coverage and a lot more comprehensive coverage and, and a little safer, little safer bet, Steve. So when we, when we talk about coverage, um, help me out with an example of that. Well, we talked about building ordinance or law coverage a little while ago, Steve, and that's an optional coverage that some policies don't have any coverage for. And if you're in an older home, that could be really important. Some policies don't have an extended replacement cost. I mentioned that earlier. So if you buy a policy for $500,000 on your house, oftentimes you'll be able to get what's called extended replacement cost, which will give you some percentage above that number should it cost more. And it might be 25%, it might be 50%, it might be 100%. And so that can be a big difference in coverage if you're looking at one product that has 0% above the policy limit and another product that doubles your policy limit. That could be hugely impactful, especially when we're coming into a labor crisis and a material crisis. You know, that's, 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 that's really important to understand, especially with the value of homes as they increased since all this buying frenzy. And you know what? It, it makes a lot of sense to um, really evaluate with whoever your agent is to make sure you know exactly what you have because it's what you don't know that actually hurts you, especially when it comes to your insurance. Now, you know what? Um, when you have somebody in the wildfire areas, what's the best way to prepare their home if they're dealing with a wildfire area? You know, can you help us with that? Well, obviously, uh, aside from insurance things like like videotaping and uh, making sure you have your policy documents and they're covered properly, aside from that, uh, a lot of people recommend you do a lot of hardening. So that means clearing brush out from your home so that you get rid of any trees that are overhanging near your roof that could catch fire and then catch your, your home on fire. Just be thinking about the hazards that are surrounding your property and how uh, by, by not tending to that dried grass out there, the brush out there could actually put you in a, a worse position should some event come through the area. Yeah, it seems like it would make a lot of sense to have oily brush 50 or 60 yards away from the house, as opposed yeah. to having a lantern let set on fire in front of you next to your house. I see. Okay. So, you know what, could you I mean, help? Pretty, pretty, pretty obvious stuff, Steve, but you know, a lot of people just don't think about it, but uh it's some, some, something to look around your property and pay attention to. Now, you know what? If, you don't, uh, if you've never had a wildfire, you wouldn't even think twice about it. In fact, you probably don't even pay attention to a lot of things. But if it hits you, it hits you right in the face and it hurts and you don't want it to hurt. So now what are things if somebody's involved in a residential disaster, meaning like they're, they're involved with a wildfire and their house gets burned down or partially burned? OK, what is the list of some of the things that they should be doing? right when that occurs? Well, obviously taking care of your family is a priority. Having a place to sleep is a priority. So uh, the number one thing is, is you know, find a place, reckon, don't find a place too quickly because 
some people will run out and they'll rent a, an apartment or they'll rent a house uh, right away. And then in a month or two months, they get claustrophobic and they realize that they've, they've ran out and did something quickly. Uh, take a little bit of time, get some hotel rooms, figure out where you want to be. This is a long process when you're a victim of a wildfire. It's not over in 60 days. It takes months and months and sometimes years to recover. So recognize that when you, you're out of your home, find a comfortable place to stay, but make it temporary while you get your head on straight and figure out what to do. Notify your insurance company of the claim. Keep all of your receipts for everything you're spending money on, even if it's a cup of coffee at McDonald's in the morning. All these things are important when documenting your claim later, and it's hard to find a receipt that doesn't exist six months from now. So, and then on the receipts, make sure you write little notes to yourself. So if they're a nondescript receipt, you can figure out five months from now when you're going through receipts, what was that? What did I buy? I don't even know what it was. So keep notes on it and document every conversation you have with your insurance company. And, and I would also say interview a qualified public adjuster to decide whether you want extra help and attention to put your claim at the top of the stack and make sure that you get the best response. You know what, um, Steve, I want to thank you for sharing this information with us today. And I want to add this. You know what? Um, I used to work for an insurance company, uh, property casualty company. And I remember that they really didn't like, you know what, public adjusters. And the reason being is because they paid out a lot more money. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. So it was one of those things where you were far more comprehensive because I also know when you're captive working for a company, you have certain guidelines that you have to follow and you have certain expenses that you can, you know, certain limits and all that kind of stuff. When you have somebody really understands what's going on and can detail things, obviously you're going above that limit. So, you know what, I think it makes a lot of sense for somebody to take the time to find a public adjuster, a good one that can help them get more for their claims so they can get their house built back up or their business and so on. I totally agree with you, Steve. Now, I want to tell everybody this. You know what, Steve Severade uh, and Greenspan Company International Adjusters have, you know what, been gracing us with some additional information. So if you go to the resource page on savingwithsteve.us, you can get uh, a sample uh, residential inventory list. This will allow you to detail and categorize all price exhibits and images you need to pair for a personal property claim. If you're in that situation, you're better off doing this in advance. You know what? There's a business owner's guide, a residential uh, recovery checklist. Uh, even if you weren't able to uh, write down everything that Steve said, wildfire factors to consider, frequently asked questions uh, when it comes to suffering a major loss, uh, why your business needs to prepare for a disaster plan now. You know what? Some great information. You're going to want to go to the website. Steve, if somebody needs to get a hold of you or Greenspan to get a public adjuster, how do they go about doing that? Uh, we're easy to find online. Uh, our website is greenspanai.com. Uh, you can also reach our office at 1-800-248-3888. And we're uh, available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We respond to disasters. It's part of our business. So it doesn't matter whether it's a Sunday at eight o'clock, if your home burns down or you need help. We know the exact things that need to happen to take place right as the fire trucks are leaving. And we're always available. Steve. Thanks for joining us. This is Steve Severade, the Greenspan Company, Adjusters International. Hey, I appreciate it. Possibly like to have you back again, especially if we, you know what, disasters happen. There's hurricanes, floods, earthquakes, the whole shot. 
I would like to, you know, possibly have you back when those things are curved, not to say you're the disaster guy. I think there's some insight for people who are dealing that with that or not dealing with it and would like to know that would be timely. So again, thank you. I uh, hope to stay safe and healthy and enjoy that boat ride this weekend. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure having you. I look forward to being back on your show as well. Sounds good. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye. Again, everybody, that was Steve Severide with the Greenspan Company. Uh, we're grateful to have him here. Just to wrap up the show today, my name is Steve Sexton. We had Arby Robinson, international speaking trainer, talk about how to speak pervasively. You can make all the difference in the world. And again, it's all about the ins and outs of money. Help you have a healthier, happier relationship with money. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for being with us today. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton.